0: Three, two, one, and we are back. Welcome to lovely september the second julie harris
1: yes the adventure continues lots of interesting coaching calls all day long and more to come
0: you know i had this is a good coaching day for me because i've got a lot of fantastic agents from different parts of the country so i feel like i really have sort of a deep dive down the rabbit hole mm-hmm. of what's really going on in the front lines you know a variety yeah you guys got to remember the front the uh the headlines and news stories and all that stuff uh, about real estate in general that's looking at the past so if you want to really know what's going on Uh, Well, listen to our podcast because we're going to tell you exactly what we're hearing from the four corners of the real estate realm and, you know, reporting back exactly what we're seeing. And I'll tell you what I'm saying. And I'm curious. Julie had a bunch of calls this morning, too. I'm seeing an absolute hurried, crazy, manic seller's market continuing and, and and this is not just in the, this is in some of the uh, outback areas of uh, real estate and not just, in, I'll tell you in the cities where I have coaching clients, Julie and I have coaching clients, those areas where you can start seeing the cracks form them is, uh, as far as yeah. basically price appreciation, but other outlying areas or cursory markets, that's where things are getting really interesting.
1: Yes, absolutely. I would totally 100% agree with you. And just when we thought that, you know, there couldn't be any less inventory, it's still starvation of, you know, that. So here's the thing, when you list stuff that people want, you can basically take that check to the bank. Listing agent wins every time, you gotta remember that. And you know, the question, and I've had some calls with some very powerful listing agents that typically have their magic number under control and their inventory is being driven down. And they're, you know, but what's interesting is the coaching on that, there's, everybody's looking for like, what's the magic thing to take a listing tonight, right? Okay, here's the deal. You have to do the same things you always have to do. you just have to do more of them with more excuse me urgency and more skill, right So there there's no okay, if you if you just do this one Facebook ad, you're going to be all set. yeah okay but that's what they, they feel like they're looking for because when your inventory dries up, you get a little bit panicky.
0: Well, right, because you guys, truthfully, if you're new podcast listeners and you haven't heard Julie and I you know, bemoan from the highest mountain to learn how to be a proactive lead generator and your whole business has been predicated on buying leads, you're going to be suffering at a very grand scale right now. We're actually going to be giving you some specific drill down on exactly what I just said here in a second. Julie's prepared some great notes for the show today. Well, I guess we'll see if they're great or not. <laughs>
1: we'll, have see about that. we'll have
0: to see about that. But I'll tell you one thing that is fascinating, and I had uh, you know, several calls like this. When you're chasing expired listings, don't just assume. and I know this is counterintuitive, but don't just assume the old price was wrong. Um, I, you know, again, coaching clients who are listing the houses at the old price are getting the property sold because what happens? And if you guys not been in the business long enough to know, or not been an experienced enough listing agent to know, and just listen to what your coach is telling you right now, or maybe we're your future coach because you haven't hired us yet. But here's the moral of the story: What happens when a listing hits the market? In and in. in Modern times, it's very protracted. After maybe a week or two, if it hasn't sold yet, the house starts getting this sort of Damocles type situation, which in other words means people start making up stories why it didn't sell, you know, overpriced, conditioned, da 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 da. And then the buyers stop wanting to see it. And then they, and just think how uh, the MLS works. Think how most IDEX search results work, where it just sends you the newest listing. So a new listing is the best thing ever. Everyone's excited about it. But as soon as that new listing is 30 days old or in some markets only two weeks old, then nobody asks about it, and the showings drop off like a rock, and so you can see that in statistics. It's just everything we're, I'm just telling you is absolutely stone cold true. So what does that tell you? If you if the house misses when it got on the market, maybe it missed because the seller wasn't allowing showings. Maybe it missed because there was some condition issue that the seller hadn't quite remedied, or maybe price. Right? Who knows. But what happens then, the house sits in the market, it passes whatever the local market thinks should have been the reasonable amount of time for it to sell in. It just begins to smell a little bit about like, you know, spoiled milk in essence. It's near its due date. Psychologically, that's the tolerance for what people will have as far as expectations of how long it should take a house to sell. And then people stop showing it. Now, there's, the house it might be perfect. Everything about the house might be perfect. And, you know, but let's say, for example, buyers come to the market after the house has been for sale for a month. They're asking to see it, but all the agents who have seen it not sell are going to then tell those new buyers, no, you don't want to see that one. Supposedly, it's got this problem yeah, or that problem. It gets a reputation, basically. That's what happens. And, you know, and unfortunately, that's a lot of bad unprofessional behavior from real estate folks. But also, in real estate agents' defense, the systems are set up to make older listings look better. In essence, they stale. They go stale. They start to smell like spoiled milk to wretched milk after in most markets about 90 days. Mm-hmm. So when ha- what happens is when it expires, what you will find that if you just take fresh pictures, write a fresh description and keep it at the same price. And I know this might sound wackadoodle, but it's true. You might even be able to raise the price.
1: I've seen some of that.
0: Of course. Yep. You know, if you're in a mm-hmm. super hot market and again, the house got passed over for whatever reason, and then it expires, or you know, sometimes the sellers get frustrated with the agents because you know the agent didn't sell it in 60 or 90 days, whatever, or 30 days in some markets, and you pick up that listing, you don't necessarily need to go to war with that seller over price, okay? That's, right. That's the moral of the story. So you've got to know your market. Mm-hmm. Don't just automatically assume. Now, this time next year, when it doesn't sell, I promise you, we're all going to be practicing a lot of price change scripts on the podcast and on yeah. our coaching, Totally right? different scenario. But, but- for now, yeah. right, for now, just keep your head Focused on what the market is willing to give you. So I was listening to um, Rob Johnson, who's one of my favorite coaching clients. He's up in, I shouldn't say that. It's like saying which kid of yours is favorite. <laughs> Who do you the you most? know what? I'm about to announce which kid of mine is, uh, of ours is favorite, Julie. You are. Zoe's my yes, favorite daughter. mine too. Oh, hold on. We only have one kid. Yeah, it makes it easy. <laughs> <laughs> well, so Rob was up in a listing appointment. Now, this one's a really expensive $35 million listing, right? But he goes on this listing appointment. And this other agent he's competing against, he later finds out she told the seller $20 million. Well, this is an exceptional property. Rob described it to me and it's on water and it just has like this ridiculous set of amenities that are exceptional even for Greenwich, Connecticut, right? So Rob then uh, says tells the seller he thinks it's worth hypothetically in the high 20s to the mid 30s. And the other agent was using old comps, even historical comps back from when the market in Greenwich was crap, wow. which by the way, was about eight months ago, right? (laughs) Right. So the market had totally changed in that amount of time. Rob sells a lot of real estate, a lot of really ultra luxury real estate in Greenwich. He knew what the market was doing. He knew the buyer demand was uh, like unhinged by comparison just earlier this year, pre-COVID. And so he had market information that this other agent didn't. So he felt comfortable telling the seller this higher price, even though it was like 30% more than what she was saying, um, and he' he's gonna obviously he's going to take the listing but that's because he has market knowledge so again in market conditions like this the old comps don't always apply just remember julie and i told you that
1: yes and here's the thing you don't have to be a super experienced agent like rob to know your market stats you do have to actually watch it the great way to do it that's cheap and free is to just watch your hot sheets every morning yeah what's hot and what's not if you watch that every day and you compare side by side you can see what's the price range where you start to see price reductions is it that you know everything's selling except condos and condos are full of price reductions you can see those trends, but not if you just look at it like every now and then when you have a listing appointment, you're not going to have a good sense of that. Well,
0: I remember when you and I were selling real estate. Now, this was back when you know we were in caves, but back when you and I were selling <laughs> yeah. real estate, you went and took a supplementary, supplementary class at the MOS to really learn how to use search on MOS. Now, it's gotten yeah. way simpler since then, but that's one of the things, guys, is that you yeah. got to really learn how to use do drill tools. down CMAs or at least have somebody uh, that can do the real drill down information for you, but then you're gonna need to learn how to interpret it and present it to the seller. Um, Again, a lot of you rely on these, you know, essentially these products, these software programs that produce these really beautiful CMAs and you're just relying on the you know shock and all of the, the imagery and the graphics and all that to win the seller over. But in a market like this, remember what I'm telling you, those things are using historical data and you need to be using data that's more pertain- pertaining to things that are happening now, not things that happened in the last six right, months. Right, like
1: what are the pendings, right? right? So when you're looking at a subject property, you're not just looking at that historical data. And of course, you are going to take that into consideration but the most recent stuff has the most value and what is pending, right? So I used to do this for our CMAs and see like, does it seem like you can't go over X, right? So you've got a beautiful custom home, it's a popular neighborhood, and it seems like I wanna price it at like 575, but then I look at what's actually pending and there's nothing more than 550 pending. So probably that's more of a 549 house even though it's got some cool stuff, it seems like there's a ceiling to that. So Julie was, you, yeah,
0: Julie, Julie was just giving you an example of how you price in a normal equilibrium market, which is where we sold real estate. Yeah our average days in the market was hundred was like four months. And the average for the MLS was over six months, right? So what she just gave you was how you go about pricing things for a buyer-seller you know equilibrium-type market. Yeah. But if you have a, a market that's turned very aggressively towards being a seller's market, then go back to our you previous statements. By the way, all of you guys, this is, and this is, again, the we're going to pivot to pr- talk about the information Julie has prepared for all of you guys to talk about. One of the recurring themes on our podcast, in our coaching program, in our coaching in our lives, hopefully in your lives, is the necessity to become a skills-based agent. Because when you have a skills-based agent, um, you really do uh, are on, the, you're essentially free. You are on your way to being financially free. Another coaching call I just had today was with another great client. He's in North Carolina and he set four listing appointments and he's an incre- he's in Charlotte, uh, Charlotte's, Charlotte, Charlotte, just Charlotte. Yeah. I always say Charlotte, Bill. Why do I do that? I don't know. It's weird, isn't it? it is. I always say that. Anyway, so Charlotte, North Carolina, and which is one of the hottest markets in the United States for a whole variety of reasons. Fizbo's, generally speaking, will sell themselves. Well, he set four for sale by owner listings between this and last week um, and from proactive lead generation, right? He got on the phone, he used our scripts, and he and I were having a funny conversation. This is actually right before the podcast, where he said, you know, I've coached this guy for a long time, where he said, without me knowing, in other words, he didn't tell me, that he has sometimes looked for the easy button and sometimes been attracted to the passive lead generation. And he was having this essentially this emotionally cathartic sort of experience that why is even you know, obviously he hired me as a coach years ago and I've been telling this all the time, but even with me as a coach, if, even with me, you know, making sure he's keeping on the you know, the horizon as far as his finances and taking listings and all that he still is emotionally drawn to hitting the easy button, and he's now, at this point in his life, realizing because the easy button stuff isn't working now in his marketplace, and he hasn't gotten back on the proactive lead generation um, saddle uh, with the uh, energy and enthusiasm that he should have until last week, and now he's going back and realizing you know, how much more business he could have taken this year had he not even been even remotely going down the passive lead generation path where had, he stayed proactive, he he obviously, you know, he thinks he would have made another 50, maybe 60% more in revenue this year. And that's kind of the experience that a lot of you guys are going to start having as you ask yourselves, why is it that what I was doing in the past is no longer working today and won't work in the future. And Julie's got some really salient points to share with you. But before she gets to her first point, I remind all of you guys, it's not too late to join our free coaching program. We started this at the start of the pandemic, and we're going to keep offering this. It's available to everyone in the United States and all the other countries in which you guys are listening to us. And by the way, thank you for making this this podcast international. And thank you for continuing to make this the number one listened to daily podcast in the nation for agents. So, the nation being the United States. We're going to work on Mongolia and the other countries where we have listeners. Well, you know what? We've got like eight listeners in Mongolia. We might very well have the number one listened to daily podcast (laughs) for agents in Mongolia. I hadn't thought about that. Exactly. Well, so if you want to join the free coaching program and don't be confused, this is a shadow of the normal premier coaching program. But if you wanna join it, just text the word SURVIVAL to 31996. Just text the word SURVIVAL to 31996. And when you do, we're gonna text you back a link, and you can join the coaching program. There's a lot of great content sitting there waiting for you, the Ultimate Agent Survival Guide, the Real Estate Treasure Map, the 90-Day Massive Action Plan, just all kinds of great stuff. And you are entitled to a daily semi-private coaching call. So make sure you go ahead and text the word SURVIVAL to 31996, text the word SURVIVAL to 31996, join the free coaching program. Julie?
1: Yes, so nice segue into, here's the big question. I want everybody to be introspective. Are you, as a sales professional, are you convenient or are you qualified? Are you convenient or are you skilled? How do you know? So here's some questions to ask yourself. Let's frame this uh, in terms of listings, but I suppose you could apply it to buyers too, but let's focus on listings for a minute. Question number one, do you only have the listing appointment because you know them? In other words, your friends. They're in your center of influence database. Question number two, do you only have the appointment just because you sold them the house, right? They called you because, you know, you came to mind, you sold them the house. Number three, do you have the appointment only because somebody referred that person to you? Number four, do you have the appointment because the bro- your broker gave the lead to you? Do you have, number five, do you have this because you bought the lead? Or did you actually earn the right to be there because you have skill?
0: So buying the listing lead, again, we're going to focus on sellers. That could be from a radio ad. That could be from uh, just a host of reasons. But the main thing is, is you spent money in exchange for that a lead opposed to having skill and having gone out and earned that lead. Now before we get to the second part of what Julie's prepared, I want you guys to be really clear about something. A lot of you rationalize buying leads because you think it's a better use of your time. In other words, you think it makes sense for you to delegate lead generation so that it's not skills based so you can go off and do something uh, that's a you know higher and better use of your time. But here's the reality. There are only really five things that pay you in real estate, but there's only maybe three that you need to be really good at. And these are the things that you should never delegate. They are proactive lead generation. They are um, pre-qualifying. Lead (laughs) follow-up. Well, okay, four. Lead follow-up, and then obviously going on listing appointments. You can be terrible at everything else in real estate, and if you're really good at those things, you're going to rock. Now, as you try to basically delegate, for example, your listing appointments, your, if someone going on the appointments with you, what then is going to happen is because that person that you hire to go on listing appointments is not going to be... Uh, interested in proactively lead generating, obviously they're they're going to be not wanting to build skills. They're only going to be wanting to go on appointments that you've created the lead for them. In other words, you've had to spend thousands, if not tens of thousands of dollars to generate those listing leads. Your profit from the listing side of the business is going to go to pot because of the fact that you're having to buy all your business. And I say this and Julie and I experience this every single day. If your business is predicated on buying your business, you're not going to make any profit. And when the markets turn around and they slow down, you're going to experience true financial hardship because you're going to have all these fixed costs and you're not going to be able to maintain them because of the fact the cash flow sucks. That's what happens. That's what happened back when COVID hit. That's what's going to happen again most likely to a lot of brokerages and um, you know agents. That's what's happening to teams. It's not that you guys are bad business people. It's not that you are even, you know, you're not capable of building a fantastic business. It the problem is, is that no one's ever told you that the business model that you're following only works in a very tight set of business as, uh, market circumstances, primarily being a hot sellers market where the velocity of the money, the transactions happen so quick, it covers up for the essentially lack the of skill. lack of skill. Exactly. I mean, if you've got money coming in every single month and everyone's singing your praises and you're selling lots of units and getting lots of awards and everyone thinks you're the greatest thing since slice bread it compensates because you're able to meet your debt burdens and you're able to get everybody paid you don't slow yourself down and look at your actual profit margins and because the whole system reinforces you continuing to stay on this path buy more leads buy more leads do more transactions Mm -hmm. nobody slows you down and says hey Bob you know what let's look at all the transactions you've done the past year or if you're a big broker the past maybe 36 months okay what's the actual margins you're pulling out of it so having done this numerous times before here's the story most big brokers make less than two percent before tax profit less than two percent and most teams and teams will obfuscate and obscure their numbers like nobody I've ever experienced before but most teams are making at best they're making maybe six to eight percent before tax profit that means that for every you know million dollars that a uh, you know a team will earn as you know, who knows what their the average expenses, numbers of buyer agents, and all the rest of it, and all their fixed costs from buying leads. That means the person running the team is actually netting less than hundred thousand dollars, and that's normal. Now, a, a well-run team where the agent themselves are still going on the listing appointments, and they haven't delegated the most profitable aspect, and maybe they still do a lot of their own pre-qualifying, so they're making sure that they're pulling all the you know low-hanging apples off their fruit tree with regards to listing leads. Um, you know buyers calling on listings and um, who are actually having houses to sell and a, a low skilled agents never going to pull out that as a listing lead I mean, Julie was testing, um, we were looking for rental properties and she was, she got a, a, she filled out a form on realtor.com and, you know, somebody called back, was trying to pre-qualify Julie for the sake of selling that lead back to some agent for 35%. Did that pre-qualifier ask a single question about whether she had a house to sell? No.
1: Oh, it was horrible. Yes. It was embarrassing. Right.
0: So there you go. But that's the funnel, that's the cycle that all of you guys have normalized because you've only been in this business, 99.9% of you, uh, since really two 2008 or 2009 if you don't know and no one's telling you that there's a smarter frankly vastly more profitable way to run your business so that you can withstand any sorts of ebbs and flows at market conditions and interest rates and all that so just keep that in mind
1: yeah but it, it does require skill so look at those other questions even if you're not buying your leads which is the biggest black hole that's why you spent so much time on it but let's look at these other things okay so you have the appointment because you know them You have the appointment because you sold them the house or because it was referred to you or your broker gave the lead to you. None of those four things is predictable or duplicatable in any way.
0: And they don't require you having the skill to compete.
1: That's right. So let's say that this is going to be a month where your broker doesn't do that, where you don't have all that happen.
0: So you guys, most of you only take listings that are walk-in listings, where you Mm -hmm. don't have to compete with another agent, where you don't have to overcome the hard questions because it's basically an easy relationship-based sale. And some of you, most of you, that's what you're going to be told is how you're supposed to build your real estate business. Mm -hmm. Centers of influence and past clients, right? How many people out there are beating you over with with a head with a stick telling you that's the business to go after? That's the business that slows down the fastest when the market starts to change because the sellers start uh, looking for skills-based agents and most of you guys have been spoiled yes with basically having a relationship-based business and again to julie's point it's not predictable you cannot tell me uh, essentially that you will be able to list a, a house every single day from being centers of influence and past clients you cannot tell me you're going to be able to do a certain number of transactions from um you know buying your leads you can't you are beholden to whether dave ramsey is going to send you a lead or you're beholden to whether or not your paid lead source is going to send you crap leads or good leads you will never be free financially or emotionally if you don't have a skills-based business
1: yeah absolutely so the question is what are you going to do about it what makes you different You know, if you're not sitting at your magic number, or worse, if you don't even know what magic number means, which is the number of listings that you need at all times to meet or exceed your monthly financial goals, how many listings, why listings? We talk to you about this all the time because listings throw off other business buyers do not. So where are you going to start? Best place to start is with becoming very clear that this is an issue for you. Use the treasure map, use the 90 day massive action plan, get involved so that you're not spinning your wheels on this. You know, and the answer. some of you guys think the answer is, you know, go buy more leads, don't go create more leads, when in fact, you have a lead follow-up problem, that could be part of the issue, when in fact, you don't realize that you can have control of business by having skills, right? So an agent that has skill, what does that actually mean? It means that I could drop you off anywhere in the country, assuming you're licensed in that state or that, you know, wherever I'm dropping you off, and that you actually could take a listing by Friday, no problem. Right. That's what skill means. Now, does that come from expireds for sale by owner? Does it come from probate? Does it come from prospecting builders? You have lots of different options. There's not just one because you have skill. That's what it means. You're not dependent on rolling the, you know, the dice that maybe a past client will resurface or maybe, maybe your broker will have something they don't wanna work and they'll give it to you today. That, that's called luck. And that is not a business plan
0: so the hardest part emotionally for you guys moving past um, a lot of this stuff and this is a normal coaching problem is maybe some of you guys have built you were bought you know the belief that you could buy your business through you know, YouTube videos, right? So you've been doing these YouTube videos and you've been following some, you know, makeshift guru's plan for you to become somehow, you know, a YouTube prince or princess and you're going to be the expert and all this BS basically. And maybe it's Instagram, maybe it's whatever, right? You're believing that passive works. And the emotionally difficult part of that is the acceptance that. Um, you need to quit doing it, or you need to deprioritize it in such a way that, it, because you're not willing to accept the fact that it doesn't work, because you don't want it. There's two things that are pulling back and forth, the tug of war in your head. One, you don't want to feel like you were lied to and fooled into believing something that wasn't true, and two, you. The other part of it is, is your ego saying, you know, if you just stick with it a little bit longer, a little bit longer, if you make your videos a little bit wackier, if you just. So you're not willing. You're not willing to, frankly you know stop doubling down on dumb because here's the real truth guys there's a difference in the, between quitting and quitting while you're ahead and when you've got enough data points so let's let's actually set some parameters around this if you've been doing something and Julie's off to premiere so Julie have a welcome a wonderful day on premiere if premier the, clients, they be there, so. that's right their premiere clients better be on the call live so make sure you guys are attending every single day so you need to set a, a ground rule ground rules with uh, any sort of paid lead generation, right? And you don't. And and then you just continue to throw money at this, you know, usually horrible idea just until the cows come home because you've not determined, A, how long you're willing to throw money at this idea, and B, what your return on investment should be. Those are two concepts that are foreign to most agents' minds, let alone brokers. By the way, the one the companies that are going to be the least likely, likely uh, for you to want to actually have a set of filters to run their, you know, gimmicky ideas through are the ones that are selling you the ideas because they know that if you start holding their gimmicky ideas accountable, that you will wise up quick and realize that it's a dumb thing to start doing in the first place. But look how these guys sell this, these ideas to you. They sell them based on your ego you know they sell them based on the idea that it, something's going to magically happen right they sell them sell it based on fear of missing out if you don't do it somebody else is going to do it and we only can that all these different little gimmicks all these little emotional levers that they flip in your head and then you find yourself committing to something and then a month passes two years pass five years pass And then you figure out how much, you know, you never actually stop to think how much money or time you spent towards that idea that's never working. And you just think, well, if I just hold out a little while longer, you're like, you're stubbornly holding out for something that really probably wasn't even worth doing in the first place. So give yourself permission to quit. There's nothing wrong with quitting. There's a difference between quitting and quitting while you're ahead. The quitting while you're ahead part at this point, for some of you, that ship has sailed with some of these gimmicky things. But the reality of it is, is quitting while you're ahead could simply mean that you're not willing to be fooled into believing the Yeezy button thing's going to continuously, you know, is ever going to work. And let's just, in the, in the defense of your old self who is making the decision for you to do that gimmicky thing, let's give that old self a hall pass. Maybe back in the day when that idea came around, It was a good one. I'll give you guys some examples. I mean, when Julie and I sold real estate back in the 90s, right, Uh, and Google started doing pay-per-click ads and Realtor.com went live, you could absolutely generate stellar leads from pay-per-click. I remember when Google launched pay-per-click, it was, um, I remember, <laughs> it was over a Christmas break. They just launched it. And I had the opportunity to start screwing around on Google with doing pay-per-click. And from that pay-per-click thing, it worked brilliantly for like 90 days. And then all of a sudden, Google changed it. Other people figured it out. My competition figured it out. A big broker just started doing it. All the things made it so that it was no longer viable. And so that was it. That was the window. But how many other agents stuck with it and are still doing it today, even though they're not getting results? They're not getting tangible closing. There's a filter. You need to give each idea, if if it cannot produce actual tangible results in a market like this, in my opinion, in less than 30 days, you need to stop doing it. It's a gimmick. And by tangible results, I mean closed transactions where you're making a profit. So some of you guys will just exchange money for money. So you'll spend so much money on generating leads. You're not even factoring for your time. And then you'll basically earn the amount of money back that you spent to generate the leads in the first place. And you think that's a win. It's not. You're running a nonprofit business. That's not sustainable. It's not predictable. It's not duplicatable. It's not the reason you got into real estate, is it? just essentially have some tech company guru somehow now become your boss of deciding whether or not you're going to get good leads or bad leads. Guys, stop skipping the real work in real estate, which is learning how to be a proactive lead generator. That's where most of you guys fall is that your refusal to learn how to do the real work. Now, here's an interesting psychological thing that happens. Once you've accepted what we're saying is true, and once you decide you're gonna, you know, definitely go down the path of being a proactive lead generator, there's a whole bunch of other new thought patterns uh, and, and connections that happen along the way to forming that skill set to be a very a consistent proactive lead generator. you start thinking more like a business person, you start valuing your time more. you start being more organized you start all the things and the attributes that you want they come on the other side of stop of knowing that you're going to be proactively lead generating and you're no longer going to be buying business and chasing gimmicky ideas. You guys understanding what I'm saying? It's the next level for all of you, provided you're actually willing to do it, which all of you, here's you have two paths forward basically. You either listen to what we're saying and you become a proactive lead generator, or most likely, well, there's three pass forward. You just sort you essentially flounder through your real estate career. You stay in the business, but you never make any real profit. You stay in the business and you're always chasing the latest gimmicky idea. You're the person that's gonna click on the person talking about how they generate twenty seven ads or twenty-seven leads through Facebook for, you know, fifty dollars and you're gonna think that's the greatest that. You're that version, or you're someone that's gonna fail out of the business. Those are your three paths forward. There's really no There's no hybrid version. Those three paths, that's the path you guys have to choose which one you're going to be on. I beg you to consider being a proactive lead generator and becoming skills-based and seeing all the rest of it for what it is some of it is fun stuff that might have a place in your business down the road after you've learned how to be a proactive lead generator i mean look guys once you become the dominant listing agent or a dominant listing agent in your marketplace maybe you do want to you know work on a a nice brand for yourself or maybe you do want to create a pretty website or all who cares that's fine but you've already got cash flow you've already got a consistent uh, lead flow you've got a solid foundation if you want to add some of that other stuff that's strictly optional go for it but don't think you have to do that stuff first and then somehow when you do all this you know telling your story on instagram or doing all this facebook stuff or all the other stuff you guys are told to do don't think that's going to lead to transactions right don't believe that's the way it's actually going to work now can you create leads off social yes but it's going to cost you so much. Are you actually going to make a profit from it? Doesn't it make more sense if your purpose of getting in this business in the first place was to actually have a profit in which that profit you can improve the lives of the people you care about, starting with hopefully your family and yourself? I mean, isn't that the reason you got in the business in the first place? So I get it. Real estate is awash with stories about people doing all this business from social, all this business from buying business. and But nobody talks about net income. Just listen for that. That's another filter. When someone's presenting an idea to you, when you're listening to a coach, coach, a guru, or whatever, if they're not essentially thinking like I'm presenting to you guys right now with regards to running everything through very rigid filters and really the bottom line being the profit margin, if they're not presenting ideas like that to you, you need to realize what they are. They're just selling you easy button gimmicks. They're not. And why are they doing that? And Julie said this the other day on the show, and it's definitely true, because they probably have never learned how to be proactive lead generators themselves. And it's easier for them just to basically follow the you know current zeitgeist and hop on, you know, various YouTube channels and listen to various internet marketing, social networking whiz bang gurus and just copy what they're saying. Because all they're having to do is like they're they're parroting back information they heard from somebody else. You guys haven't heard it in any other place, so you thought it was new information. This guru must know a lot about the internet and whatnot, and they're telling you all this stuff. And six months from now, they're going to tell you something different because there's another. You know, the the trend has moved to something else, and that's the nature of how these guys are continuously selling you guys products with the belief with the, the essentially the lack of understanding that that is not a sustainable business model. If you want a sustainable business model. If you want to be a true professional you have to earn the right to do that and the way you earn the right to do that is by having the skills the skill set necessary not just to proactively lead generate but also obviously to sell people's houses in all kinds of different situations and you know solve people's problems and and that comes with yes time but it also comes with the mindset that your highest and truest purpose on this planet is being of service to other people if you accept that if that becomes your internal barometer for what you know essentially is how you conduct yourself on this planet i am here to be of service to you how can i help you how can i make your life better on the other side of that acceptance not the neuroses that social networking not the ego fueled stuff that's basically awash with everything in real estate let alone the world right now but if truly being in alignment with your highest and truest purpose which is being of service to other people when you stay true to that on the other side of that If you're truly in alignment with it, you're not going to be able to allow yourself to do the gimmicks anymore. You're gonna know that if you're gonna be in alignment with being of service to other people, that you have to learn how to actually do it, which means you're gonna have to learn skills. You guys get it? These are the keys that once you essentially turn, put in the lock and turn, and you walk through that door, you're gonna find everything on the other side is probably beyond what you'd hoped it would be like. Right, that's what you're going to experience, and that's incredibly exciting to Julie and I and everybody are, are in our business. It's what drives us. We love sharing those experiences with you guys, where you have those little epiphanies, the little aha moments. That's amazing. That's that's you know, it's fulfilling to us and personal, uh, and personally and professionally. Right, we love that. So allow that to happen, right? Allow that to happen for yourself and your life. So listen, guys, if you need us for anything at any time, you can always text me directly. By the way, we're always looking for great agents to become uh, partners with us in our eXp group. If you want to talk to me about eXp at any time, you can obviously just text me directly at 512-758-0206. 512-758-0206. Thank you for the tens of thousands of you that continue to listen to our podcast every single day. We've got thousands of past shows that are available on iTunes, Stitcher, just everywhere. We're, we're um, syndicated now on uh, Audible, which is awesome, on Amazon, on Spotify, which is, again, it's pretty amazing. So thank you for continuing to make this the number one listen to daily podcast. Um, We really sincerely appreciate the opportunity and the honor of being your coaches. If you guys need us for anything, please always reach out. Have a fantastic day. We'll talk to you on the show tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com.